2: Welcome back, BetQL Daily, right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, in Hawksford with you on a Wednesday. We've got today's baseball card coming up in about 20 minutes. But right now, we bring on one of our favorite guests, Pam Maldonado, Yahoo Sportsbook, and the host of the Stack of Stats podcast. She's joining us at the Roman Guest Line. We'll get to maybe some PGA, some tennis plays. Pam's great on those as well. But uh, college football is really why we want to have you. Before we get to all that, Pam... Tell us about your competition. We saw on Instagram uh, you were in a competition. You did well. Not many of our guests win competitions, so we want to we want pump you <laughs> up when uh, when someone does. Tell us about what you were in and, and how it went.
3: Yeah, so I'm an NPC, which just means amateur bikini bodybuilder. Um, I prep an entire year of trying to build on the muscle, and I've been in deficit, which means I'm dieting down since at least January, for sure, since March um trying to cut some of the body fat and compete for one show and it was a couple weeks ago I took second it was really good um it was only my first one of the season i have two more coming up and i have an opportunity here to maybe get better than second place
0: i remember when you said you were starting to prepare to get back into these competitions and that felt like forever ago like it was probably (laughs) close to a year ago All right. So what are you consuming right now? What are you, are you, I would be so lightheaded. I would have, God, I have no, no will. So I would have caved a million times over, but uh, yeah. So, so what are you, I'm sure you're tracking everything that you're putting into your body at this point.
3: I am. So, this is i just want to give a caveat to everybody that this is not recommended for like the general population (laughs) i am deep into deficit i've been in preparation for these competitions there's a difference between body uh between competition lean and just being healthy in general so at this moment because i have only two weeks left of this entire season and then i'm done My calories right now are roughly about 12 to 1300, 1600 on a high day, which I get Mm -hmm. once a week. Um, But I love how I prepare my foods. I'm not hungry. I'm not stressed out and like craving anything because I really know how to build volume with my food. And that's basically like adding a lot of fruits and vegetables and lettuce to your meals. Um, So that way you can just like make it look and feel bigger than what it actually is. But I mean, I consume a lot of protein. My protein is high. My cardio is high right now, but that just changed yesterday. So it got higher yesterday, but it's been pretty sustainable for up until now. Like how much cardio are you doing? Oh, man. So I was only doing six hours a week yesterday it got bumped up to nine but because i said i have only two weeks left i have a competition next saturday one the following week and then i'm done so this is like really cram mode let's try to just dial it in get as lean as possible here in the last few days before it's just like smooth sailing and then there's nothing else you can do
2: <laughs> so have you already planned like so when when this is over do you like go crazy like you know those cheat days when you're when you're in a bodybuilding like do do you like are you planning that like you want (laughs) to eat like what are you going to do when it's over
3: So I mentioned that I've been really good with my food. This entire preparation has felt really um, simplified for me. I I hesitate to say easy, but it's felt easy. But because I'm still eating, I still have my pizzas. I make them here at home and they're just like, I'm using pita bread instead of like regular uh, dough I'm eating. I now have discovered this burger bowl that has just been phenomenal for me. It's just like, it's literally everything you put in a burger, but just on top of lettuce instead of a bun and with mustard and Mm -hmm. it's just amazing. Amazing, um, but one thing that I am absolutely craving because I haven't been able to have it because it's so high carb and I don't have like loads of carbs is sushi. I just want sushi. <laughs> I just want a big old roll and just like go crazy with some of that like yum yeah. yum sauce. <laughs> And that's there you it.
0: Go. Uh, uh, well, best of luck. We're, we're going to be uh, rooting for you uh, for damn sure. Can't wait to see what happens there. And congratulations. I mean, what you've already accomplished. Uh, we'll see what happens to the competition. That will be out of your hands at that point with who you're going up against. But uh, congratulations because it's just unbelievable accomplishment there. Uh, also unbelievable on Sunday. I know you were locked in uh, this time of year, betting a lot of golf, a lot of tennis, getting ready for college football. But it's, it's the worst feeling if you've got a, a player like it, in tennis or golf. If you're betting on that person, like, this is my guy. Matchups, outrights. And the amount of times that it feels like the sports betting community has lost on Willie Z for it to happen in the fashion that we saw on Sunday. How much uh, Willie Z exposure did you have? And, and how pleased were you with that result?
3: Oh man, I have been, so we all celebrated Will Zalatoris getting his first win. Absolutely. I think I was on the field just like everybody else was, but I didn't jump in until Friday when I saw that he popped off. He went like seven under on Friday and I got him at 18 to one. And I know pre-tournament Zalatoris was closer to 25, 26. Um, So I was absolutely. As soon as I saw that he was doing well, I was like, oh, he's locked in. He's dialed in. I had him in a head-to-head matchup, but even though De came out with a win, my boy, Willie Z, I have been a fan since, <laughs> man, since like since right after the U.S. Open in 2020. I was like, this guy is going to be huge on tour. I've been betting him ever since, so I'm probably still down lifetime <laughs> betting Willie Z on the futures market, um, but, I mean, t- taking him top five has been lucrative, <laughs> and that's what I suggested to do starting like months ago. I was like, no more outrights, take him in the top five and you're going to ha- have a lot more in your bankroll <laughs> than otherwise. So I'm really glad for him. Um, it's kind of the same sentiment that I have with Carlos Alcaraz in the ATP tour. There's just certain players that you know right out of the gate when you see them that, hey, this this person has something special. And Zela Torres is one of them, Carlitos is another. Um, so it's really exciting to see that all of the the battles and the work and the work, just the effort that he's put into it, has finally come to fruition. Being so close, so so many times to like finally break through to the finish line, you're connected to that player now. That you're you're a legitimate fan. Like I I've been looking for how can I make myself a Zelatoris t shirt because I want to support him <laughs> in any way I can. So um, next season you might see me with one. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we've got to get those made, Pam. Uh, we love Willie Z on the show. We've also had our hearts broken by him before, too. Let's get to some college football, a game that's super intriguing to
3: me, Utah at Florida. I'm curious which side you were on for this one. Oh, I haven't really even looked at week one. I'm still looking at preseason <laughs> players, uh, but I will say that I'm still high. As good as Utah was last year, I'm still really high on Utah being good this year. Their season win total is set at nine and a half. Cameron Rising, he is a quarterback that is returning back to form, uh, returning back to the team this year. 2,500 yards, 20 touchdowns, five interceptions. He is a very good quarterback, and Florida is kind of in a rebuild mode, and I know that they have a quarterback um, that I was actually high on last season as a backup but I'm just really interested in what Utah has to bring right now, which is they're returning a lot of players. They're holding on to their same quarterback. They went 7-7 and against the spread last year, but they were 6-0 and at home. So that's going to be like a huge re- – they're just really good with winning games in their home base, and they almost picked off Ohio State. They lost 48-45. to They were up 35-21 at the half. I strongly believe that not only Utah is going to comfortably roll through in this game against Florida, but they're going to be a contender once again here in the Pac-12.
1: Selling a little or a lot?
2: Um, uh, it's always interesting when the top teams, like the Ohio State's, Alabama's, Georgia's, how do you bet them? Right, it's it's so hard. They got to go over to go over their win total, almost undefeated for some of these teams. But I know you recently wrote about the Big Ten, some trends you're looking at. Ohio State, what's your advice for betting Ohio State this year? Everyone loves Ohio State. The team is loaded. The quarterback could win the Heisman. If you had to bet Ohio State trend wise, week to week, what are you looking at for this season?
3: For I'm. Like everyone else on the train, I'm on the Ohio State Buckeye train. I think this is team that this is an offense that is, has just so much firepower that could definitely take it all the way to the national title. Does that translate into I want to bet them on heavily juiced to take the season win total over? No. Does this mean I'm going to want to take them to cover the spreads every week? Probably not because it's going to be double-digit favorites. But there is one way that you can back them is by taking team total overs. If we're talking about a high-power offense with a Heisman contender in for a quarterback, I mean, you're talking about the Buckeyes betting the overs for their total points just for the Ohio game state team, not necessarily for over in the game, but this they were first in points per game, third in passing yards, first in, fourth in yards per pass attempt, and first in points per play. You have C.J. Stroud, an absolute stud, as we know, a Heisman t- contender. There's absolutely no reason to believe that this offense is not going to continue to just be a huge firepower this season. They have gone 13-7-1 in the last two years, which is 65%. That's the fifth highest in the FBS. And that doesn't necessarily sound like, oh, that's like predictive of what's going to happen. But it's a trend that they're working, that they're building towards because they finished 14 and 14 in over-unders in the the two seasons prior. So it's kind of where, and we're seeing that it happen where the defense for the Buckeyes, they're kind of falling by the wayside and they're kind of putting maybe for more emphasis into this offense. So I'm going to be looking at the Buckeyes to hit over on their team totals, which more than likely week after week will probably be in the low 30 range. Very doable to hit by the half.
0: <laughs> With betting analysts and uh, badass Pamela Maldonado from Yahoo Sportsbook. This is BetQL Daily. All right. So I know you just shared some of the stuff that y- you uncovered on Ohio State. I saw you wrote about this a few days ago over at Yahoo about these Big Ten trends. You also hit on teams like Indiana and Rutgers. Um, what? Anything else that stands out that you uncovered on these other Big Ten teams? And is, is it just one of the few conferences this year where, you know what, it's probably not even worth a dart throw on any other team as far as uh, the futures go?
3: For the futures, for me, it is Ohio State or nothing. Um, yeah. I like to still, in the last couple of seasons, I have looked at, Okay, well, if we know that if it's most likely going to be Ohio State to make it into the title, into the conference game, then who are they going to be facing? So last year I did correctly predict that it would be Iowa. So I'm looking for situations like that, and maybe you get lucky and then they come out with the win, though it's probably not going to happen. Um I don't know what that team is yet. <laughs> for me, it's Ohio State and nothing, and there's just such a huge disconnect. But when it comes to, like, looking for futures bets and futures options, that's not always how I do things. As we're talking about right now, I'm looking for information now that I can use later into the season. We know week one is coming up. Is there any information pre that I can gather that's going to help me make a decision for week one? Maybe they're playing a game in week five, and, like, for example, um, We're talking about Ohio State. I'm also looking at CJ Stroud. I'm going to be, there's not too many player props that they offer, but they do offer them up on these bigger games. CJ Stroud touchdown props are probably going to be in my arsenal, on my betting card every single week often. And you can start taking that early in week two, because Ohio State does face Arkansas State. They were 80th last year in passing defense, and eighth worst in touchdowns allowed. So this is an opportunity where we could see Stroud really pop off early, not only in week one, but definitely in week two, against a really susceptible Arkansas State secondary. So I'm looking for trends like that, that can help me now that I, maybe I can not bet at this moment, but come week two, I'm ready to fire. I know
0: you've told us about your notebooks. I can see one behind you. Any other tips and stuff that you can give us um, as mm-hmm. we start prepping for the college football? Oh my gosh, wow, that's awesome.
3: Like, Color-coded every, study- so
0: what's the color coding? <laughs>
3: If I, Yeah, so it's, it's each one by each conference. And then for the NFL, I have it for each team because I have, so if you look at, well, it's in, yes, it's in alphabetical order. The Cardinals, I have I my this. notes from 2019 season, 2020 season, 2021 season. It's just one spot for me to be organized. So that way I'm not having to look at another book. I'm not having to use Google. It's all right there. And I can reference back to the previous seasons. To compare notes of how they've evolved, how they've gotten better, what are what's area that are lacking, um, things like that. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I love it. If I studied this much in college, where would I be?
2: <laughs> I think we all probably feel that way, right? If we if we worked as hard as we do now, uh, and when we were in I'm school, gambling. we probably yeah yeah I'm gambling right. Maybe maybe a little bit different uh, place there. Pam, uh, last one for you. As we uh, we look forward. Heisman, uh, CJ Stroud, you mentioned him with your props each week. Bryce Young won it last year. Um, Those are the top two. Do you have anyone down below that you're interested in? Because, I mean, we don't usually get repeat winners. Will Anderson's got a lot of buzz, but we haven't had a defensive player win it in a very long time. Do you have anyone on your radar for maybe a potential Heisman Trophy run as the season gets started?
3: Um. How about some Dorian Thompson Robinson? I mean, for the UCLA Bruins, I'm really high on the Bruins this season. Their season win total is set at eight and a half. Last year, this was a. I mean, they had a really good season, but they had an opportunity to be even better. You have Dorian DTR, who missed the Utah game with injury. I um, mean, he's not necessarily like you know an outstanding passing quarterback, but he is a fantastic runner. Um, he was top of the, one of the top running quarterbacks, for rushing yards. He had 600 plus 10 plus top 10 in quarterback rushing scores. And he has a one-two punch duo with Zach Charbonnet, which Charbonnet honestly could also be another Heisman contender. Top 30 in rushing, top 25 in scoring. He had 24 receptions last season. If the Bruins utilized uh, Charbonnet more in the passing game, in addition to this, his ability that he has on the ground. I mean, Charbonnet could be a sleeper Heisman contender for that reason alone. But DTR, if he can take this team to a playoff position, which I definitely believe that the Bruins have an opportunity not only to do, like be strong within their conference, but to be maybe in the top four there in the end. And if they can stay healthy, I mean, those are two players that I'm looking at that Maybe that they, maybe they're not like shiny and sparkly right now but come midseason when you're seeing them win win some games then they can be um, contenders to to bite on later on great
2: stuff Pam Pam Maldonado, Yahoo sports appreciate it on the Roman guest line we'll talk MLB next on the Becky Wall Network